This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News Today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. And I think you have to... That was a good start, wasn't it, there? Sorry to just join us, but yeah, we've had a few retangle issues there. Mostly brought upon by myself, but no, you've joined us for our latest edition of Poppy Talk. Apparently, it's three weeks since we last did one, and you can tell why nobody's in demand. Nobody's been bashing down the doors, wanting us. Oh, I get people asking us all the time. When's the next one? Oh, I had one on Tuesday. God, come up to me, thinks in the crew end was that. Accosted in the concourse. And we <laughs> well, there you go. We've got two fans in. <laughs> but yes, you've joined us for Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon. Joining us today is Jordan Cross and Sam Cox. And our very brief pre-Pompey Talk notes suggest that it, it could be a very upbeat Pompey Talk for the change, Jordan. What, what, what on earth could that be all about? Reasons to be cheerful, Mark. I mean. That, 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 that's it, and I think that's the crux of it for me at the moment. It's obviously 19 points from 21, and six wins out of seven, and, you know, we are personally banned talk of the playoffs, but it's kind of become impossible not to deal with that, and Danny's, Danny Cowley's out the wheel with the Pompey fans are singing, but that, 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 for me, that the essence of it is just to be good to be enjoying Pompey performances again, and it's just and a and good feeling around the club. It felt like a while. I know we had the run before um, Christmas, but it, just to have that upbeat mood around the place, and I'm just savouring that. That's at the moment more more than anything. Any, well, I'm sure we're going to it more than thinking about the playoffs in, in too, with too much hope because of the, of the other factors. But it's just enjoyable watching Pompey. They're, they, they're playing with a purpose. Um, they're playing with structure and, and it really came across to me on Tuesday night that it was the cogs in the wheel and no, they're understanding their roles now and it was just very fluid and smooth the way I mean the first goal Sam Italia recovery from Joe Morrell Tigris tackle Ronan Curtis slips the ball through to him he knows where he, his position is he's expecting the, the, the wing back to come up not Conor Ogilvy's forte to be bombing on but there he is without even looking across a decent cross. It should do. Put the ball up. Don't try and whip it. Just put it into a dangerous area. Connor Ogilvy does it twice. George Hurst, wallop. Striker in form, a confident lad. You know, he's really found his feet at Pompey now and, and, and a really well worked goal. So, yeah, that, that, it was just, and for the thousand fans and everyone I follow, it's just, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, are feeling that that's the, the, the real key issue. And of course, we, we, we'd love the playoffs, but. Let's just enjoy this, this, this feel-good fact of being back at Pompey again. Yeah. Sam, Jordy mentioned maybe about four or five names there. But like, it's hard to pick a Pompey player who is not well at the moment, isn't it? Everybody yeah. has a job. Yeah, exactly. I think like what Jordy was saying there, it was, I think that's probably highlighted perfectly at Crew in terms of just... You could probably pick four or five man of the matches. Say Ogilvy was 
fantastic in that left wing back role. George had six goals in six. They got players coming into form now. Tyler Walker's off the mark. Aidan O'Brien's obviously adhered himself well to the fans who've got a partnership of Morell and, and Thompson in, in, in the middle of the park. And then you've also got Tunnicliffe on the bench itching to get in. So, as you say, it's nice to see that that competition for places has now come to the fore. And McCauley spoke about it all season that he wanted that. Although it's a small squad, one or two players per position with real quality rather than a, a bloated squad. And we're actually starting to see that now. And now with the run they've been on, there's been talk about, you know, they've played teams that they should be beating, but you can only beat teams who are in front of you. And it's the way in which you, you win those games. Against Crew, it was brilliant from the start to end, barring an uncharacteristic error from Bazuni, it been another clean sheet. And it and it's perfect run for them going into these tricky games they've got coming up, which I know we'll, we'll speak about. But they can only be who's in front of them. And, and they've built that momentum now, which gives them a real, you know, they won't fear these teams that they're playing. They'll fancy their chances if they, if they get the tactics right and, and, and come up against the team in, in full flow. Johnny, we know Pompey made a lot of changes. Danny Kelly made a lot of changes in the January transfer window. Um, are we seeing the fruits of that there, Labour? Is that, the, is that the main reason why we're seeing this upturning fortunes in recent games? Um, it's a big part of it, and it's a good... It's how good is it to celebrate a January window that's where the, where the signings are... Are working at the moment with, with with obviously the exception of probably the one who was the highest profile, which was Tyler Walker. Um, but obviously he's off off the mark, and, and there'd be hope about what he can he can do now. But uh, yeah, just just the work that, that Danny Kelly and the players that have needed time, like George Hurst, he's needed time to settle, and his goals have all come in 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 a basically a third of a season, really. Obviously, given. Well, he was faced a lot of criticism and his confidence. On uh, uh, George says he's a confident lad, but you can't tell me his confidence didn't take a battering off the start and taking that criticism. Um, and he's been able to bottle it up and get off the mark. And he looks the real deal as a striker now, George Hurst. It kind of reminds me that just people need time sometimes. And Hurst got hammered for his season at Rotherham. I think he didn't score. He got one goal. But we were, or not, it was, anyway, it was a terrible return, and he got he got so much flack for it. And it was a bit like Michael Smith at Pompey. Where he, he just, it was, it was that time where he wasn't ready, he was learning the trade, and, and it just didn't work for him. And now he's been able to learn it, develop physically, mentally, and, and in now Michael Smith is the, the most dangerous striker in the division at, at Rotherham. Now, in, in, a, in a small way, it feels the same, the same with, with, with George Hurst. Um, he's been given that time, he's had that development with... Uh, with Rotherham and, and the start of time at Pompey and now, and now he's looking the, the real deal. Um, <laughs> the hold-up play, uh, attacking balls in the box, two perfect examples on, on Tuesday. Um, the finishing, it looks, it looks crisper. Um, and it, it, it's a joy to watch at the moment, and, and he's so important to, uh, to Pompey's play and everyone around him. But then it's just, it, people like Aidan O'Brien, he's, he's the embodiment of what Pompey supporters love. Um, and he's really added something to the team as well. And yeah, he's a, he's a. I know so many Pompey fans that are kind of falling falling in love with Aidan O'Brien at the moment because he's just a grafter. He puts it all in. He blows a full time whistle and he's fat out on the turf because he's got he's emptied the tank as Danny Cowley says it. And that's that's a Pompey player. And um, I spoke to Danny Cowley a bit about that and, and some quotes that you'll you'll see in the um, around the, the I think it's either. Arnold coming on Portsmouth.co.uk about how 
um, the, the players at Pompey, you have, um, I think you called Artists and Soldiers, John McDermott, the England technical director, um, Danny was referencing saying this, he said, he said there's a kind of makeup, an ideal makeup, but at Pompey, it's kind of like nine soldiers to two artists, and that's kind of top heavy for most clubs. We have a few, few more artists. But he said that just seems to be the, the dynamic that Pompey appreciate. And uh, Aidan O'Brien's certainly a soldier, and uh, and one that one that um, epitomises what every Pompey fan loves about about their best players. Yeah, uh, going back to her, Sam. Let's let we are trying to keep this positive, but the only one drawback with her is he's going to leave at the end of the season. Well, for. Let's oh, do you like that for Well, he's gonna have, he's gonna go back at some stage. Like, let me carry on. Like, Poppy fans would love to see him at Front Park, but is this upturning fortunes going to ram the price up? Is he going to become out of Poppy's reach come June, July time? That's always the the poison chalice of of loan players, isn't it? Especially with ones who haven't got an, an option or an obligation to buy because. Those players, once they start finding their form, especially in, say, the third division in, in League One, one, you, you've got the price tag, Leicester Premier League side, they, they probably won't want to see that, that player go for cheap. Someone they've probably invested a lot of time and effort in to build them up from, from the academy. You know, there was a bit of controversy about the way in which he ended up at Leicester via Sheffield Wednesday. It was via their Belgium club. But so they also had that view to a long-term dealing with him. And also you've got to think about the player's own ambitions. He's 23. If he goes on and scores another four goals to now at the end of the season or, or four or another six, and that's 12, it'll be about 15 for the season in League One. He might fancy his chances in the Championship next year. He's obviously got a, a point to prove with the lab of Rotherham last year. Uh, didn't score a league goal. I don't think he, he did in the Championship. So he'd probably harbour an ambition to, to play at a high level. But Danny Cowley's made it clear that, that if they can sign him, then, then that's what he'd recommend. And from Hurst's point of view, he's thinking, I'm, I'm getting love down here, I'm scoring goals, I'm enjoying it under Cowley's system. It might be the best place for me as a young striker to stay for a couple of seasons, maybe route to Championship with Portsmouth, and then go from there with the Championship rather than fast-track himself and, and get uh, ahead of himself. But as you say, the finances is going to be a big thing because he's obviously a Premier League striker uh, in contract terms with Leicester. I think he's played a couple of games in, in the top flight for them back end of last season or season before. So that's going to be the ultimate question. And and it's, it's sort of hurting towards uh, another shake-up in the summer if Walker doesn't stay. O'Brien's got a short-term deal as things stand. So they're kind of going to have to start looking at that situation and try and get these deals done because Hurst at the moment might be short on admirers anyway, whether that be in the Championship or League One next season, regardless of Pompey's interest in him. You also don't discount the, uh, the fact that Pompey are probably paying half of his wages at the moment. And then, obviously, he's got that, that he's earning that, that amount. Say, for example, it's 4000 and 8000 is what he's earning. Mm. Pompey are very much struggle to offer a contract of £8,000 a week or whatever it is. I'm not saying that's the figure. Uh, so then he'd have to come down. But the counter-argument to that... Is what George Hurst is what twenty three now, something like that, and um, he he's been around a bit, but he's not really found a home, and he's starting to feel the love at Pompey. Now, and if, if Pompey, you know, he's going to be looking for a home now, and uh, if Pompey are offering him that that appreciation, and he's a, he's becoming you know the loving at the moment between him and the fans is is a joy to behold. Then don't underestimate the value of, and and the appeal and the pull uh, of of that. 
I suppose you have to take into consideration too, just a, co- a, a comment from Eric Geisler in his interview with the club last week. Like he did specify that they have backed Danny Cowley in the transfer market. If there's a player that Danny Cowley recommends to them that he just targeted, their ears are always open. He fits into that category. So what more recommendation do you want? You see for yourself on a, every Saturday night, George Church is banging in the goals. So it, it does imply then that that is a conversation that could be had in the summer then, isn't it? What, what about the also the transfer poli- policy, which Pompey have been very keen to stay? Um, I mean, you've seen some difference in uh, messages between the, the, the coach, the first team, the football staff and, and, and the boardroom and, and the executive. They're very much on a, a concerted mission to talk about this transfer policy of young players that can come in like Denver Hume, improve them and resale value, use them now. George Hurst, epitome of that, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, if they're, if they're serious about this, there you go. Go and do it. Definitely, definitely. What about Ben O'Brien then, Sam? Just a, when we're on this certain subject, like again, we've, both of you have said what a fan's favourite he's already become. Like it would be hard for Pompey not to offer him a new deal or at least try to turn down the fan part for next season, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that was that was probably the biggest no-brainer, the biggest open goal going into the summer is to give him a a longer term deal, whether that be a year or or even longer, just because of the impact he's already made and and the way in which he's he's settled into to life on the south coast. Obviously, when I spoke to him, settled down here, family's down here. He's close to to his links in London and, and close to his friends, and he's loving life, and that's probably reflected in his in his performances. But within those performances, he's he's not shy of confidence. He, he backed himself. He said to me that he felt he he should have been playing more games for Sunderland. He, he you're saying he's obviously conscious of that he's aware of his ability and, and what he can do in front of goal. And when you get a player like O'Brien who, who sort of fits in straight away, then they're the type of players that you, you want to keep hold of. You know, and, and he's got those performances and those abilities to be a really good asset in, in League One. We've already seen that with, with his work rate. He's also got a versatility to his game where he can also play out wide, he can play in behind. So, as I say, I think it's, it's pretty... If, if they wanted a, an easy transfer to get over the line early doors, then it would be to extend O'Brien's contract for me. I think he, him and Hurst, they've, they've formed this partnership in recent weeks, which which you could see probably going into into the long term if they can keep them both here beyond the summer. Yeah, ben Thompson's my favourite player of recent years, probably in the last five years, maybe. I think Aiden O'Brien's got the potential to that, kind of go into that category, and I bet I'm not the only Pompey fan that, that, that feels that. And what we have got as journalists, though, is um, access to, which not all fans have, is access to these players. And if you watch the way Aidan O'Brien plays, the way he is as a person, the Pompey fans are looking on, is exactly how you would think he would be. He's just infectious, he's he's exuberant, he's jolly, he's a nice chap, he's accessible to the press, and and he's just full of of beans and enthusiasm. You can see why he's added so much to the the dressing room since he's been here. So... uh, yeah, and and it just it just shows, isn't it, that when that that deal got done late in the window, that was kind of one that remember Pompey fans were feeling a bit underwhelmed on deadline day, weren't they? So sometimes you can be a little little bit too quick to judge on on on, on those ones, and because he because he'd been cast off by Sunderland and it wasn't like a high profile one, but the man's had got a point to prove. Um, he's gone out and done it, and um, some people just sometimes are a fit for a football club. 
and like he might have gone elsewhere in the division it might not have happened for him but he's just a perfect fit for Pompey um, yeah and you can't under, understate how that, that you just get that kind of synergy sometimes and it's working Nathan O'Brien is as I say just a perfect fit for Pompey yeah a perfect fit and um, a stagger doing the business um, at the top end of the pitch so it's not something that we're so really used to I feel a wee bit giddy about <laughs> O'Brien I feel a bit giddy talking about Hurst Tyler Walker's now score like all of a sudden like John Marcus, Ellis Harrison, Ahadme, like they're long gone now. Like this is this is great stuff, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, definitely. It's nice to to see goals flying in from from strikers, and it's also their all round performance. They can tell that why Cali sort of not actually handpicked, but chose to make those decisions in January to to shake up his front line because it was clear that Harrison and and Marquis had me obviously a young player trying to. Players trade, but certainly the first two were just not suited to his system, and and it was quite quite apparent with that, and that's why he probably stuck with Hurst for long periods of time when his goals weren't flying in because he had that trust in him. But like you say, those those three, when those, I think it was when Harrison scored his debut, Marquis started scoring straight away. There's a few raised mm-hmm. eyebrows. Oh, did they make the right decision with these? <laughs> Those those conversations, those thoughts aren't even on the forefront of anyone's mind. No one's even, and, and that's testament to the players who've come in that they've shown that there's no hangover from those strikers leaving because they're not even in the thought because of how good the performances are so far from the front three that we're seeing at the moment. Right, I'm not going to go through every player who's out of contact, like but Sam said, O'Brien's a no-brainer. Surely one other no-brainer is Sean Raggett. Oh, Sean Raggett's been, you know, he. he He's going to do, have to do a lot wrong to uh, not get my vote for player of the season uh, off the back of his consistency. There's been excellent performances. Kevin um, Bazuna would obviously be a player that's in contention, for example. Um, you would not, George Hurst would be playing his way into people's minds at the moment, but for consistency across a number of games throughout the course of the season, it's Sean Raggett for me who. Uh, You've got to remember, at certain times, it's kind of like, where would we be without Sean Raggett now, where, where the defence was creaking, wasn't it? And we were struggling. Was, but if he's out of the equation, if we lose Sean... And that, but him to have that status after, again, being someone that's had flats and supporters in his time at Pompey and almost being ridiculed for his, his rugged style of play. And, you know, if, if, if sometimes you get the ball gets played in behind Sean Raggett. You know, he doesn't look the most comfortable with, with people running at him. There was a goal recently where he put his hands up. Oxford, wasn't it? Where he got done for the goal. So, you know, he's imperfect. He's fallible. But he has been so important to Pompey in terms of playing to his strengths. And um, he's just an honest guy. Um, yeah, as I say, superb. Contract situation is an interesting one for me because I don't, given all that, it's interesting. Will, will he be here next season? I really don't know. I, I, I honestly didn't tell you. I know there's a lot made of the fact that he put his house on the market and put it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Low profile move, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Whether he's a natural fit for Danny Cowley's approach, it, he is in, probably in this division, but whether for the longer term in a division above. And Danny Cowley said, something a year ago when he said, oh, I was always interested to see how Sean Raggett would get on at the level you know, with the league one. I think so there was always a kind of a question mark except whether it was a you know, natural fit, but he's, he's adapted and proved any doubt is wrong on that. If we're looking for the level above, maybe that, again, he'd have people, 
he'd have to answer the critics on that one as well. And of course, we're looking for a longer term view. But yeah, I, I, for me, I just there's something about that. I just I don't think it's defined that he will be here next season because of you know, yeah, just a few indications I get. Um, I hope he is. Um, maybe want want a bit of you know greater security being out of contract and playing how he is. But um, yeah, just watch watch his space on that one because there could probably be a few twists and turns on that in that narrative. Well, you've already nailed is the, the, the nail in the coffin by saying he's going to be your player of the year. Like, well, puppy player of the year, you go that summer. Like, but surely the God, like, with Danny Kelly, risk losing such an important player to his team at this moment in time next season. I don't know what his, what his situation, what, what does Sean Raggett want? If he wants a couple of years at the same money, then, then mate, like, quite possibly that, yeah. If he, he feels that he's earned, um, deserves greater security or um, or a, a rising wages, maybe Danny might think he can find better value elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, bearing in mind that Danny Cowley's way is to, you know, he wants a possession game. Um, he wants people comfortable with the ball at the feet. The defenders are so important with that when the with the way they play. Naturally, the ball at Sean Raggett's feet is not is not one of his natural strengths. He's a head it, kick it, wholehearted. Defender who defends like his life depends on it. Um, it's yeah, so perhaps not a natural fit to actually how Danny Cowley wants to go long term. So that's probably a, a part of part of my thinking. I think on that, but you just have to admire. And like I say, that's just me overseeing the, the whole scenario. Don't take that as me questioning Sean Raggett and why he offers Pompey because I think he's been outstanding and absolutely should be our player of the year. It's just just a, just a slight question mark for me about that. Yeah. Okay. Then, well, let's let's try not to get too down because yeah, that, that's sad. That new sadness, majority of my Um So let's look at the record down ahead and going in the Ipswich then. So six wins out of seven. Fantastic um, level of consistency there. Um, Ipswich is going to be a hell of a lot different challenge than Crew on a Tuesday night, though, isn't it? Mentioned eleven point seven million, Sam. Uh, <laughs> three times. Three times their budget. budget. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they're also going to face a, ta- a, a, a team of three times their budget on Saturday. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is. But these are the games which is going to identify where they truly are, I think. Ipswich on the same run. Uh, obviously, the budget, we, we joke about it, but you look at their transfer activity, and I think Cowley was, was quite happy to reel off some of the names who didn't even start for Ipswich. On Tuesday, that we should probably comfortably get into his starting eleven. So there is a feeling that you know this it, is quite a, a big game, but that there's a feeling there from from that there's it got to be a bit of reality with it. It's going to be a very difficult game away at a resurgent Ipswich side. The worry for for me really with it is when they last played Ipswich, obviously that we all know what happened there. Ipswich running in the best form under Paul Cook, um, and the players that day went and. And, and did a number on Pompey. This time they're playing a, a resurgent team, a well-coached team by Kieran McKenna this time around, at, uh, away from home. So it's going to be a very difficult game. But there's no reason why they should fear them with the run and, and the forms that they've, they've put in themselves. Um, and as I said to earlier, although the game's you know, crew rock bottom of the division, they still had to, to beat them and put in a performance. And they'll be buoyed by by the run. And there's no, I think the Oxford game at home shows that they can mix it with teams 
who are, who are sitting above them. I think that I don't know the stat exactly. Their record against teams in the top ten away from home isn't isn't great. So this is time to prove that prove that wrong and, and turn the tide. They've they've turned the tide against other records. Oxford at home in the overall top six uh, record against top six teams. They they put that to bed. So it's time to put another one to bed. So. Yeah, they'll go in. I think they'll probably go in as underdogs. I think you know, there's no there's no making about that. Ipswich are above them in the division. Got some fantastic players and uh, in a good form themselves, but probably shouldn't fear them. And it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll be a really high quality game. From from you know, if you watch it as a neutral, obviously we don't. But if you watch it as a neutral, it'll be a be a great game for for that. And uh, it's going to be close. I think it'll be close. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, it'll be a two one either way. I'm not going to say who to yet. <laughs> Jordy, what's your what's your honest thoughts going this game? It is going to be a real test of the credentials. Like Ipswich, yes, they're still in and around where Pompey are on the table. I think they're eight games unbeaten, but they haven't got as many wins as Pompey. So no, yeah. like, but it's a real test of where Pompey are at, isn't it? I was convinced when Paul Cook went in at Ipswich with the money they got. I thought that's it. They're going up. There's no yeah. no stopping them. What I didn't factor in was one, how quickly Ipswich want success, and two, there would be a kind of power struggle. Uh, I think the CEO there's quite a strong figure, Mark Ashton, and um, there was a kind of, he appointed some of his own men to the coaching analytical staff, um, which I don't think went down very well with Paul Cook, and probably was the start, the beginning of the end there, really. Um, so, yeah, there was some, yeah, some battles there, and that's why it, I think it didn't happen. And, and Cook, there's a few other uh, yeah, stories going around about why it didn't quite work out anyway. But um, Kieran McKenna going in, um, uh, Danny Cowley has got massive respect for this guy, um, spent time in his company, um, and is glowing in, in his coaching ability. And he said that he's convinced now that they've got an excellent coach there to go with the money, that he thinks there's only one way. That Ipswich will go, and he's gone in and, and made a and made a um, made his mark as you say that run and, and putting that unbeaten run together. Sorry, Alexa, I'm doing, doing a podcast. Um, so yeah, they've got the money. Uh, I joked about the 11.7 million. The, the benchmarking reports that we uh, that, that kind of give indications to what clubs are, are spending um, pitches pitches Ipswich at that kind of wage. Uh, uh, playing budget, which is massive, and as I say, joking aside, kind of two or three, about three times what Pompey are, are paying at the moment. So, and uh, Danny Cowley was um, keen, and he did it in our in our video. Did nothing yesterday, Sam, where he actually reeled off the bench from from yeah. two. It, it's yeah. worth doing because, but like, their bench, in in the in the words of Harry Redknapp, which look at their bench, look at their bench, look at their bench. <laughs> Cameron Burgess, good player. Macaulay Bond, James Norwood, Joe Piggott, Connor Chaplin, Tom Carroll. Those four strikers on the bench. Some, you know, I know there's obviously they want to play in a certain way, and Caden Jackson was starting. So um, I've got some, uh, I've got some, like, yeah, some firepower to bring on there, haven't they? If need be. So um, I think that's the way that, that probably would like it framed and the context going into. Um, going into the weekend, but it's just a, a good game, isn't it? It's going to be a high-quality game, and, and uh, I just wonder whether it might be a, a, a step too far for Pompey, and it's going to be at some time, we haven't t- touched on the fixtures and the massive problem that's going to be, um, but and the small squad that Pompey's got, it's going to, that would be the, the other, my concern, the big concern about actually making the playoffs, they just haven't quite got the, the numbers to handle 
first, like the well, we've got the game. The game's up until the two and a half week break, but then eight games in twenty three days. Yeah, with the outfield players that probably got, I think that would be the be the thing that kills them in the end. But let's enjoy it. That's what I say. Yeah. Just enjoy it for what it is. Sam, the Tony's been a point of saying that the adversity that they've had in the past recent weeks has actually made them stronger. Like so. It would be in his interest to sort of look at this picture, look at the, the bench of interest, look at the starting 11 interest and go, we've no right to be coming to Portman Road and even thinking about it. If he does that into his players, like, that suits him because he might get a performance out of them then, brother. Yeah, it's definitely something to, to add fuel to the, to the fire in terms of getting a performance. You can look at it and, and as you say, the, the narrative of how much money they spent, the, the, the names they've brought in, and they're only sitting one place above Pompey with a with a massive squad and, and two games at home. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're right in contention with them. So yeah, there's no reason why they can't use that and say, look, you know, on paper this team should be, let's be honest, should be flying. Obviously, the reasons, as you already said, why they're not, you know, managerial changes, etc., is the reason why they're not, and they probably will be on their way. But at the moment. You know, this team should probably definitely be in top six reckoning, let alone top two. And and they're only sitting one place above Pompey. So that'll suit Pompey to the ground to say, look, no one expects us to, to give them a go on, on paper, but we're here, we, we deserve to be here, we've got the right to be here. And, and and let's not worry about it, and let's, let's go and try and get a result. And as I say, if they do, then that snowball moves again, get, gets bigger, the momentum rolls before that, that break, obviously, we just mentioned. But... You say that if they, if they can get a result, then then there's no stopping this team, I don't think. Tony, what would you fancy? Three points at Portman Road or three points at Home Park on Tuesday night? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm buggering off to America on Tuesday, so I'll take the three points for the weekend, thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> Good question, though, but that's my answer. I like my, yeah, I'll have the points for the weekend because I'm going to be supporting Super Mikey McKinson on his American tour um, next week. Yeah. Um, I like the way he said supporting rather than I will be working the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know, it depends <laughs> if you're going to give me any time back. <laughs> <laughs> then that's a no idea. <laughs> I'm going to be up by the Hollywood sign. The yeah. Burgers, Hollywood. <laughs> oh, yeah, on all the LA hotspots. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk breaks. Poppy are off, they got a break. <laughs> Looks like an enforced break on their way. Jordy, like... Um, what we're talking really two and a half weeks, yeah. How big of a ache is that there? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's a ball like Um, it's I, I refuse to use that term, but I'm glad, <laughs> okay. All right, sorry, yeah. Um, because just we saw what happened in December, the momentum there's a concern about what that would happen. You could look at the fact that a two and a half break at this time of the season would be a positive, I'm sure lots of managers would, would look at it that way. But then to cram in eight games in 23 days afterwards, and they, I think they could potentially play Wednesday, Friday, Monday over the Easter period, which is bonkers, but very complex, but it could, that could happen. Um, with a squad that's going to be maybe 14 outfield players, 15 if we're lucky by the time that comes around. If Jacobs comes back, maybe if Sean Williams gets back. It's a big ask for a, a creaking squad already. So... Um, but basically you've got to blame Wigan because if it wasn't for Wigan losing in the, the Papa John's we could have moved the Bolton game to where um, sort of the final date April, it's very complex but where that final took place and we wouldn't have this, this uh, two and a half week break where we've got to uh, yeah, basically come up with stories and uh, different angles for that period which brings its own challenges as it is done, <laughs> it? But I'm just to toss about that um, yeah but it does bring a 
a sort of real issue for Pompey in terms of uh, fatigue for the last game of the season and picking up injuries, which I think will probably do for them in terms of their playoff ambitions, if there is any. But as I say, just yeah, if Pompey go and get a decent return over the final 11 games, is it now? Then and give us our eyes, tell us there's something to build on for next season. Do you know what? I'll take that. And I've always said that I expect Pompey, this isn't a free hit for Danny Cowley this season, but if you can have that sense of enthusiasm moving forward, I don't think that's been a wasted season. So um, that's what I'm looking for for the, uh, for the remainder of the season for Pompey. Sam, last season there was a lot of momentum going into the final day against Atkinson. It fell flat and that moved and just descended on us all. Everybody was broken hearted. Pompey don't make the playoffs this year, but there is shoots of progress there. Do you think Pompey fans will be satisfied with that there? Yeah, definitely. I think, although George said it's not been a free hit, there was a feeling that it was a transition year. And if you can set yourself up for next year, then you've probably made the most out of your quote-unquote transition year. And at the moment, they say the feel-good factor, obviously the, the fans at Crew were loving it. And there is a real feeling of togetherness from, from the players on the pitch and the fans at the moment. And I think if you can take that into next season, you do miss, just miss out on the playoffs and you take it into next season, but you've got that momentum built, then then yeah, they'll be they'll be more than satisfied. And then the challenge is obviously going into next season, how you how you harbour harbour that. But see, that's the conversation for for next season. We can focus on the here and now and and enjoy the moment of the momentum and uh, and the togetherness they're building. You know, they they've got a squad now in the dressing room that obviously see it, feel together and, and united, and that's what everyone wants to see. Jordy. Are you looking to say something? No. Well, you got 30 seconds to wrap up. That was my face. That was my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jordy's face said it all. Time is running out. I think we've literally got about 20 seconds. So we will wrap it up at this stage. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, Jordan. We'll be back next week. Jordy won't be. He'll be in LA. Sonning his backside doing nothing as usual. All right, then, Jordy. Enjoy your week away. Thank you for watching. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.